Welcome to Frost Sessions, the Frost School of Music's official podcast. On this week's episode, the most versatile performer, writer, recording artist, educator, and editor, Dr. Laura Sherman, interviews performer and American Broadway producer, director, and Samaritan, Richard J. Alexander. In this insightful conversation, Laura and Richard explore their work with Barbara Streisand, the path to performance and directing professionally, and the world of theater and Broadway. Thank you for joining us today, and remember to stay tuned to Frost Sessions. Hello, and welcome to the Frost Sessions, a podcast about music, which is produced by the Frost School of Music, University of Miami. My name is Laura Sherman, and I am the lecturer in harp and music theory at the Frost School of Music. It's an honor and a pleasure to be the host of today's show. Before I arrived in Miami just over a year ago to teach at the Frost School, I was a professional harpist in New York City for 35 years, doing an assortment of really fun things, including Broadway shows, solo, chamber orchestra work, and a lot of recording and touring. It was during my four tours with pop legend Barbara Streisand that I had the distinct pleasure to work with her longtime director, Richard J. Alexander, who is our guest on today's show. Richard J. Alexander has worked with many of the great artists in the world and recently celebrated his 45th year in show business. <laughs> he has been dubbed the Diva Whisperer. And in addition, <laughs> in addition to collaborating with Ms. Dreisand for the last 20 years, he has worked with such diverse artists as Broadway stars Christian Chenoweth, Bette Midler, Bernadette Peters, Norm Lewis, Brian Stokes Mitchell, pop singer Ricky Martin, songwriter Desmond Child, jazz trumpeter Chris Bodie, opera singer Deborah Voigt, and many, many more. After 40 years of living and working in New York and LA, he has relocated to Miami Beach, where he currently resides and is an active member in the local art scene. Welcome, Richard. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thanks. <laughs> oh, my That's pleasure. Not, even I'm impressed. <laughs> As you should be. Yeah, in fact, yeah, no, you have mastered just about every facet of show business. I forget what, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of <laughs> interviews lately. I did Jim Caruso's Casper, and you forget what you do. And then sometimes I'll go like, oh my God, like I did that or an <laughs> album or I don't know. It's just, it's a very weird thing. Just now and during the pandemic when we've had a lot of time to be with ourselves and think, I'm just realizing my career, the impact, you know, the just, um, you know, I've been over blessed. A lot of people call it lucky, but there's no luck involved. Like I had the goods, but you know, it's just how to get in there. You know, like even speaking to your class the other day, yes. which by the way, those are a great group of students. I, about half a dozen of them wrote to me privately oh. and I'm going to get to all of them. One, I'm going to give them each a half an hour of my time privately on the phone because, um, you know, they all seemed really, um, you know, they're very focused, the ones that wrote to me and know what they want to do. And we are in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm all about education. My dad was an educator and, um, and also helping because they're the future. And I can't even imagine, you know, like not having the college experience that you're supposed to have in the social life and all of that and the, you know, teamwork and the, you know, whether you're an orchestra, whether you're a drama group, whether you're a singing group, it just, it's unfathomable to me that they're going through this. But I also think that the uh, adversarial part of it is going to make them do great things. I really actually believe that. Like I was crying all the time during the class of 2020, all the drive-by graduations and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think the class of 2020 is going to do great things. Yeah, absolutely. And I should fill our listeners in on what you did. You very generously uh, volunteered to attend my music theory class for musical theater majors here at the Frost School of Music and speak to them. And you gave them such encouragement and inspiration. And as you mentioned, you also shared your personal yeah. email address. But you know, it's, with me, it's, so not, it's not lip service. Like if I'm going to do it, I'm going to yeah. do it. One of the things I resent about my education is that I went to a state school in upstate New York that shall go nameless. You know, and they try to take credit for your career and stuff. It doesn't matter where you go to school. It's what you do with the education and the training you've gotten. And so when you look at where you are right now, you know, teaching, you've actually done it. There's so much value in that for students. So I went to school in a time in the 70s in college where people went from school to graduate school to teaching and they never did anything. They weren't out there in the world. So the reality check, and I felt so unprepared when I hit the streets up against Yale and Carnegie Mellon and listen, U of M and CCM and all, they weren't even huge yet. It was really the Carnegie Mellon and the Yale. And it took me a couple of years and I was pissed off. I was really angry that mm. I was not prepared Mm, wow. enter my career choice and it took me a little bit of thing and now you know like I said my drive was enormous you know and um, so that's what you do but you know just like I told the kids in your class you know people always go do you have advice I don't really because since the time of contests and you know the internet and stuff like that training still rules it still rules it's gonna separate the men from the boys do you know what I mean right. yeah mm -hmm. and the longevity and the long term but um, I believe in young people. And as you know, I've discovered a lot of young people and, mm -hmm. you know, put them on stages and whether it's Leah Michelle or bringing Ricky Martin to Broadway, you know, and then taking him to Desmond Child and living La Vida Loca. Was born. It's all circuitry and it's who you know and who you meet, you know what I mean? And as right. you know, we've traveled, you know, four big, huge tours with Barbara and you know, when I look at the people that I've been allowed to meet and the places in the world and, you know, just what has been presented. I even think about Paris when Michelle Legrand and, and um, uh, who was with Michelle Legrand that night? Another great French. It wasn't Gilbert Picot. It was somebody, um, I can't remember. But anyway, just, you know, and then all of a sudden I'll listen to something and I'll go, oh my God, you know, I met them. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And it's, it's pretty crazy, you know. It is, yeah. Very fortunate. So it, in addition to your advocacy, um, which I want to talk about a little bit later as well. Okay. Can you can you get us started? Like get us oriented? Because I if I if I could just share, I love how you describe yourself on Facebook. Okay, you, you said, "quote I'm a guy who fell in love with theater as a kid, growing up in a really small town." And then you use the hashtag "Dreams Come True." Yeah, I mean yeah. that is inspirational. And, I grew up. And, I yeah, love tell us my about growing that. up, but I grew up in a little shitbox town. I call it. They get upset with that, but I mean it's just it's just a phrase. It's not that I hated. It. I didn't know anything else, but I knew I had to get out. And we had a public library down the hill, and so they had you know uh, we had a church group that my dad was big with the church group, and he was a CPA, uh, and he would help them count the tickets to the Broadway musical, you know, the High School Musical, long before High School Musicals were trendy, and they had a full orchestra at a high school level, and I saw Bye Bye Birdie, and the rest is history. It was nuts. The one hair I had on my arm at ten like stood up wildly, <laughs> and I started studying musicals, and the library would call me, Dickie, we've got a new show, and I'd go, what is it? And they go, Golden Rainbow. I go, who's in it? And they go, Stephen Eden. And I'd run down the hill, and I'd put on those big ass headphones, and I would listen, and I know every word to everything. The weird thing is I learned some of my show tunes backwards, like through Stephen Eady. So when I played J. Pierpont Finch and How to Succeed in my sophomore year, 
uh, and I heard, uh, you have the cool, clear eyes of a seeker of wisdom and truth. I knew it from Stephen Eadie's swing. That is culture, dear. That reeks. And those, you know, were their made-up lyrics. So I'm there like, <laughs> goes, Richard, what are you singing? Like, what, that's not in the show. You know? So all of that. And, you know, like when I saw applause on Broadway, I didn't know all about Eve. When I saw Promises, Promises, I didn't know The Apartment. So I actually lived these musicals. So when Eve turned out to be a bitch, I'm like the only person in the audience going, <gasps> they're looking at me like, what's with him, you know? Or So, you know, it's, it's a sort of messed up, messy education for me. <clears throat> but my dad saw how much I loved it. And he started buying the Sunday New York Times for me. So I'd be poor through that art. So they'd Ma, look, the Andrews sisters are in a musical called Over Here. Let's go to New York. And my parents would bring me to New York. And, you know, it, my dad always said it was important to be passionate about something. I was one of five children. Everybody else went into legal, you know, medicine, you know, accounting, um, IBM, you know, all that. And I was the only freak. Uh, but he saw, and, you know, I had terrible grades in high school. Terrible. Oh. I felt algebra three times. Oh, no. And when I said to the algebra teacher, I go, what does this have to do with show business? I'm going into show business. And she would be <laughs> and go, don't be ridiculous. And I went home and I cried and I told my dad, my dad got in the car and he went down there and he goes, you don't kill my kid's dreams. Oh, you know, wow. And I don't, I don't even remember how I finally passed algebra because you couldn't do the next, you know, because there were regents exams in New York yeah. State and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So, uh, so it was all there, but I had terrible grades. I got turned down by every college in America. Wow. And my dad did a very smart thing. You know, this is the outskirts of Syracuse. So he called Oswego, SUNY Oswego, and he invited the chairman and co-chairman of the drama department to come see me in my high school musical. I was playing Joe Hardy and Damn Yankees, which I can't even fathom, but yes, I have the lead. <laughs> so anyway, I think they took me for a semester on enthusiasm. And then once you get into your passion area and you're studying Greek theater and, you know, music and you know, everything. I thrived. I got out of school in three years. I made dean's list. I got scholarships, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's just a question of finding your tribe. And the right. interesting thing was I was studying theater, but it was the height of avant-garde, Ionesco, Genet. And I'm like, where are the musicals? Where are the musicals? Like, I wanted to work on Broadway, you know what I mean? So they yeah. all thought I was nuts. So I took my first singing course. And, uh, you know, you have your 24 arias book that everybody walks in with. <laughs> and when the final comes, I go, do we have to sing from the aria book or can I sing a show tune? She goes, you can sing whatever you want. So I sang, why can't I fall in love? Like, <laughs> you know, and she flunked me. And oh, I, no. I was really, really pissed because oh. if she wanted the aria book, you know, I could have done the danza, danza, fanchula, mio cantar, you know, I would have done it. But she told me. So I went to the head of the department. He was a guy named Dr. James Saluri. And I, I didn't really know the music department. And I said, look, this is messed up. You know, I'm going to work on Broadway. And, uh, you know, I said, and she told me I could sing a show tune and she's mad. And she took this out of me. So I sang the song for him. He changed it to an A. He offered me state singers. But in that meeting in his office, the head of the department, he said to me, he goes, wow, he goes, you could have a career. He said those Ooh. words. He didn't say you could get an A plus. He didn't say you could make dean's <laughs> list. He said you could have a career. Well, that I understood. Yes. And he became my hero and my salvation in the music department. Uh, and I did the theater, but I just did it with my teeth grit, you know, until I was a sophomore and I could start directing musicals. And then I was in musicals and I went away and did summer stock, got my equity card. And so I was an unstoppable train in a lot of ways, which is a parallel that I totally relate to with Barbara. Do you know what I mean? It's that right. fire 
in your belly. It's the hunger. You right. know, like when she was in Brooklyn, just a bridge was separating her from Oz that she could see on the Ed Sullivan show. Right. So once you know it exists, like I would watch The Tonight Show. I go, Ma, can I stay up late tonight? Danny Fortis is going to be on from Minnie's Boys. He's my age. So he sang Mama a Rainbow. And I'm sitting there crying, going, he's my age. He's my age. And he's on Broadway. You know, you hear all this about I never saw myself. Well, I saw myself. And nothing was going to stop me. And so that's sort of it. So, you know, I was an actor and a singer and a dancer, and I was pretty good. And I worked, you know what I mean? But then yeah. opportunities started presenting themselves. And by the time I got into the original cast of Amadeus, which was after Zoot Suit and after movies like Saturday Night Fever and The Warriors and all that crap, and soap operas and commercials, um, I, there was an opportunity. And, you know, I was friends with Tommy Toon. And uh, back then there wasn't like when one door opens, another one, like a lot of these phrases weren't around networking, all these words. But he goes, Richard J, you have to understand when a window opens and you climb through it. Because he told me after he won a Tony for Seesaw, he couldn't get arrested till he directed the club. So I started directing with the blessing of William Morris, the National Theater of Great Britain, Sir Peter Hall, Peter Schaffer. And I did the tours of Amadeus. That's how Cameron McIntosh found me. And yeah. the rest is sort of history, but it's a glorious history. Yeah. And then my life changed again when Bernadette Peters asked me to do Carnegie Hall. My whole life changed after that concert. Wow. There was so much riding on it. It was one night only. The New York Times wanted to come and review. We said yes. We got an album deal, you know, with Angel, the one with the arms outstretched, you know, uh, Bernadette Peters live at Carnegie Hall, Sondheim, et cetera. We got Grammy nominated. And everybody that just came chasing me. And yeah. then the second part of that was when Polly Bergen came out of retirement at 70 I did that act because she'd been missing from show business for like 30 years. And she's, she says to me in the lunch, I was thinking about doing an evening of love songs. And I'm like, why are you in love? And she wanted to <laughs> smack me. I can tell. Uh, but we did her life and it was a life force. And we were on the cover of the New York times, not the art section. And wow. that changed my trajectory also. So, yeah. You know, it's it's just very interesting. Like the right job can just change people's perception of you and your abilities. And by the way, it's not that I think I'm all that. I could easily fail. Like my track record is so good in this. I always go, look, or I could be wrong. But when you're working with an artist, you want a negotiation, you want a collaboration and you do it together. So if you're going to say yes to me, don't mean we'll see or maybe. That's what Stephen Sondheim writes. Don't leave me halfway through the wood. We're uh -huh. doing this together and you got to commit. And whether you're Brian Stokes Mitchell, I've had my moments with all of them, like that moment, that crushing confrontational moment, you know, which is, it's not fighting. It's, it's about, you know, committing to each other and being artistically sound. Like I didn't do this alone. So I've had a really, you know, I've had, I've had more than my share of blessings and I've worked with the greatest people in the world. And I only have a couple of, you know, like that was a terrible experience kind of things, but that's just because, you know, it's just because I don't need to go into it, but, yeah. you know, but for the yeah. most part, they've all been fantastic. And of course, Barbara's my girl. And, uh, you know, I've admired her since I was 10 years old. And I didn't even understand the dropped A in the name or the sounds she could make. And so, yeah. you know, I think the first time I was in the room with her, it just like, you know, to my very core, working with Bette Midler and being on tour and she sings um, 
uh, am I blue, you know, uh, or yeah. sorry, Skylark. And I'm sitting there in the arena going, oh my God, you know, sitting on a toolbox out by the sound booth going like, oh my God. I used to get stoned to that album, The Divine Missing, you know, wow, wow. and do Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy and mime that with my friends in the dorm hall. So, <laughs> so dreams do come true. Right. And it doesn't matter where you grew up or whatever, but people will shit on your dreams. They really will. I was made lots yeah. of fun of. There weren't words yeah. like bullying back then, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I became what I was supposed to become. And it's because of the encouragement from particular teachers, particular instructors, and, you know, my dad. And of course I got my humor from my mom, but they were at everything I did, you know Fantastic. what I mean? And so yeah, proud. Yeah. And so it's um it's a remarkable life um you know i know you're a big fan of zoot suit my broadway debut you're fascinated <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. by it. but what's interesting about zoot suit that i did that was my broadway debut in 1978 that was at the winter garden where barbara did funny girl and where i saw my first broadway show on broadway which was maine with angela wow. lansbury br third jane canal and i never saw such glamour like oh sorry that's my breakfast um, my tongue was hanging out you know from the front of the mezzanine and uh so after I did Zoot Suit and there was a party at Sardi's and my parents came down and I got them a limousine and everything. And I thought I can die now. Well, of course you don't actually mean it because I never, never, never could have comprehended what was to follow. Mm. Never. But yeah. um, I somehow, you know, in my bedroom, in my childhood bedroom downstairs, I had, um, you know, it wasn't like a wish wall, like these people have altars or what do they call these things, these wish boards or whatever they call them. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about, yeah. But I had pictures of, you know, Diana Ross and Liza Minnelli and Barbara. I had a whole Barbara wall and Bernadette Peters and Bette Midler. I don't know, maybe at night something was going on while I was <laughs> sleeping and in my little magical bedroom with a mirror, you know. Uh, but it's funny, I missed the golden years, the golden years of musicals by a decade, but I got to work with all of those people, with the Donna yeah. McKechnies. And, you know, the year I moved to New York, Chorus Line moved to the Schubert from downtown in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I was in the last seat up on the left for a course line for $6. I may as well have been in the front row. I thought, wow. you know, I died. Went to heaven. Just the thrill of yeah. it. It didn't matter where I saw it from or standing room for Chicago for $3 to see Gwen right. Verdon. I thought I was going to have a heart attack when I laid eyes on Gwen Verdon. Wow. No matter how many albums you listen to, no matter how many Ed Sullivan shows, there she did come out of the pit with the gin flask and her slip on the piano, you know, and yeah. Roxy Hart. And I'm just like this. I really thought I was going to, you know, <laughs> die and the other thing that same weekend those are the three shows i saw the weekend i moved to near the other one was the whiz mm. and stephanie mills when she sang when i think of home i think of a place where there's lower and i was crying so hard i remember it like it was yesterday that i looked at her and i thought to myself you know i'm just in my own world there's a million people there i don't know anybody in new york no upper class like nothing like and i thought to myself if i don't work here i don't know what i'll do with my life it's mm. not like i'm going to be a typist or Right. You know, it's yeah. just, and I had jobs, you know, I sold kids shoes at Macy's. I served spaghetti at the spaghetti works. I worked Christmas help at Tiffany. I worked at Brentano's bookstore, but I was in class. I yeah. busted my ass to yeah. catch up with what I missed in my education. And I always tell the kids, and I think I might've even said it at your thing, um, is use those piano practice rooms, take those classes because in the real world that costs a shitload of money. Yeah. Definitely. So while you're being educated and either you have a loan, you know, on your education or a scholarship or your parents are helping you out, take advantage of everything. Go and get in that piano room. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, learning how to read music, 
helped me in my stage management years. Like when I did song and dance, for example, act one was Bernadette, so there's lyrics, but in act two, it was all music and double bar repeats and things like that, you know, that Andrew Lloyd Webber had written for variations on Paganini. And you had to read music or you could not call the show. You could crash scenery on a Broadway stage. Oh my goodness. So whoever <laughs> thought that or speaking <laughs> Spanish, you know, because my mother was Cuban and my dad was Spanish American, got me to Chile to direct. So. All the, you're an amalgam of all of it. And right. it got put to good use. It got put to really, really good use. And I'm talking a lot. Where are the questions? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> two questions in particular. First, I mean, this is so inspiring and so wonderful. Um, so I noticed that you said you started directing back in high school. So this is really interesting college, to college. me. Oh, in college, in college, yeah. okay. But I was bossy, you know, like I was the class president. <laughs> you, really? <laughs> I was organized, you know, I made the posters, you know. So when yeah, you're yeah, organized, yeah. you have a vision, which right. I think is important for any director. But I think also having acting ability or background and timing and landing lines and stuff, I think you become useful. But uh, the reason I took a directing class is so that I could do a musical because I was going insane and I did the Fantastics. It was the first thing I ever directed. Oh, harp so and imagine piano. fast forward uh, that I would do, that I would direct a production of I Do, I Do, meet you know, the boys and do a tribute to them before Harvey Schmidt died. I actually oh directed goodness. the tribute when they got the Oscar Hammerstein Award. Oh, so, wow. I mean, like, how is this even possible that these things align, <laughs> you know? And Barbara recorded three songs from the Fantastics and she made a little tape for the boys. And nice. she goes, you know, you didn't cast me, but I sang three songs on my record, you know? <laughs> I mean, imagine Barbara Streisand walks in at 17 or 16 or 15 like what the hell do you do with her you know what right, i mean right 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 wow that's great i can totally understand it you know? <laughs> yeah yeah so i want to explore that a little bit like first of all what are your responsibilities as a director i mean it sounds like such a huge job that so it that's is. part one and then part two after we talk about that i mean you obviously have superior people skills right so i'd like to just explore that a little bit like yeah well what being does a it director take, is you know somebody's got to be responsible do you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so you know if you hire someone like sometimes you get hired and they're like we love you but don't get too close we want you but do it our way you don't want me because mm -hmm. I'm just a ball of creativity. If you really want a director, otherwise go get an event planner or a stage manager. I'm not right. interested. If right. you know what you want, I'm not the guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you really want to play like Play-Doh and create something exciting, you know, it's like when Amy Irving came to me with a play, like I'm not known for plays, I'm known for musicals, but I could see this. I could see it so vividly as Safe Harbor for Elizabeth Bishop. I don't even read poetry. But I, love her work. I just got into yeah. the story and it was called The Safe yeah. Harbor for Elizabeth Bishop, written by Marta Goish, you know, who is Brazilian and, and it was done in Portuguese. And I said, I've got to go see that production before I say yes, because I got to see that I, what I see in my mind is very different. And it was, they were playing it for, and I, you know, and so when you have vision, when I can visualize something, you also have to know your limitations. So, or things that aren't a good fit. So a couple of examples are like, you know, when I was having fantastic, you know, um, a time at the Hollywood Bowl. I did Les Mis, I did Guys and Dolls. You know, they offered me rent. Well, of course I could direct rent, but who's in it? Bernadette Peters? Like, I'm a glamour puss, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's not like I need to be cool and direct rent. Like, hire somebody that that fits them like a glove, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or, um, uh, or you know, when I see things like Spring Awakening, you just got to give it up. You know, I'm not the guy that has a little novella under my arm meeting with a rock band at midnight. It's not what I do. And I'm a glamour puss. Right. So, um, so it's very interesting. But I know my lane and I yeah. like my lane. 
a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel mm -hmm. comfortable in a TV studio. I feel comfortable in a recording studio, you know, with an orchestra, with the great arrangers and conductors and singers. I feel comfortable on a Broadway stage. I feel comfortable on a movie set, you know, directing. But, you know, somebody's got to be responsible. And if you hire me and you put your faith in me, I will get that horse to the gate. And when you're doing musicals, for example, everybody works at different tempos. It's like racehorses. So if these three are doing okay, I'll leave them alone for a couple of days while I get these up to the thing, but they don't realize it, you know, because that's my observation. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sure. Nobody knows they're a little behind or they're a little ahead. Also, I'm very fearful of, you know, giving too much praise because then they think they've got it, you know, and you don't want that either. Right. So, you know, there's all that. The people skills is an interesting thing. You know, everybody works with people that they don't like um, or that are difficult or it's uncomfortable, but you have to win the war. That doesn't mean lying. It doesn't mean conning. It doesn't mean any of that. It means listening a lot, you know what I mean? And then yeah. trying to find a place from which to jump off of. Like, even with somebody like a Bernadette Peters, I'll be watching, for example, a song being performed. And I go, Bernadette, what do you, can I ask what you're thinking about during this? And she would say, I said, you know what? That makes so much sense, but it's not reading. You've got to find a different way to get it here. And I call that mirror work. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Sometimes you think you're getting something across, but it's not. And sometimes it can seem detached or cold. So it's just happening in your mind. Melissa Errico and I would discuss this. I said, you're having some sort of experience of your own that we're not let in on. And mm. so communication, which I love, I love actually communicating. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but it really is, it's a dialogue. It's a, uh, um, it's a communication. It's a, a thing, but I love actors. I love them. I love talented actors and I love playing with talented actors. Somebody like Kristen Chenoweth is so talented. You have to rope her in from herself. Too many yeah. things are going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Focus because she's always like, I'll land, you know, I'll write a line and it'll be but um bump, but then she'll but um bump, 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 you know, and overdo <laughs> it. And then it's not funny anymore. She keeps layering it. So right. you pull it back to get a solid land. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's like Barbara is so great about landing lines and she's a great storyteller. And, you know, sometimes I just get seduced and forget I'm directing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Same here as her harpist on tour. Yeah. yeah. We just sit there and listen to her. Yeah. And you just, you know, and then, and then you got to shape it to be succinct. You know what I mean? But I love every word, you know, when she and Marty, her longtime manager of over 50 years, when they go back to being the Brooklyn kids sitting there in the living room talking, I go for the ride and I'm just like, I want to know every word, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, there's days where you're just singing with her in the room, you know, with Bill or uh, whoever at the piano or Randy. And, uh, and all of a sudden she just starts playing with her voice and Jay and I swoon, like we actually swoon involuntarily going, woof, you know? And so, uh, and then, you know, she likes it. And some days I'll say, stop showing off, you know, save it. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like, uh -huh. yeah. So, you know, it's all part of the gig, but the thing about me and singers, and if you look at everybody I work with, they're all singing actors. They're actors who sing sublimely. Right. I know what this costs, you know, the throat. I know people, may, they make it look easy, yeah. but what goes into making that work is extraordinary. Watching Kristen Chenoweth warm up, watching Bernadette have a voice lesson with Adrian Angel, uh, all these things, even Deborah Cox, you know what I mean, who I'm working with, who's a great R&B singer, but she's a great singer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I love great singers, you know, working with Stokes, working with Norm Lewis and that crazy range mellifluous instrument. Yeah. <clears throat> I love yeah. music. 
and I know a lot of music and I know a lot of singers because my parents used to belong to the Columbia Record Club. So different records would come every month. And I just, you know, Tony Bennett, Stephen Eady, Vic Damone, Jack Jones, Bobby <laughs> Darren, like I'm in, Sarah Vaughn, you know, I, you can't stump me. You just can't. That's great. I love it. Fantastic. <clears throat> well, um, I know that since you've moved here to Miami, you um, have become active in the local art scene. And uh, first of all, you're on the executive committee, I think, of the um, um, equity. Oh, I'm sorry. Broadway the, Cares Equity Fund. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a board member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I have been for a long, long, long time. time. But right? you know, I've had yeah. this house for 28 years. I just didn't live here oh, full time until recently. I didn't realize that. So okay. I bought this and I had home in Los Angeles and I had home in New York. Right, like so, 40 years, I think. Yeah, yeah. and I lived uh -huh. two blocks from World Trade when that happened. And, oh, my goodness. You know, we wow. rebuilt downtown. And then it just became time, like, having three houses, wear my black leather pants, this housekeeper calls that one. You know, I'm a little bit of a diva. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the FedEx bills were pretty big. So I, I got centered. But I moved three houses of clothing, opening night outfits, memorabilia, into one place plus a storage space on the 79th Street Causeway that my friends begged me to go to every time they visit. And we, I lift the door and they're like, I don't know, you'd think it's Jumanji or something. I don't know, but <laughs> they go great. crazy. And so now I'm at the point where I'm trying to get rid of stuff and somebody goes, oh, I like that. I just take it off the wall and give it to them. You know, because otherwise, you know, if I'm gone, my brother's going to sell it at a bad garage sale for $75. Yeah. Oh no, tragic. So, um, but yeah, you're, I'm a board member of Broadway Cares. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're also locally a director of the Latin Songwriters Hall of Fame, the yeah. alum music. Not anymore, but I was for about four years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. But that's great with all the Latino artists and being bilingual, you know, Desmond Child reached out to me and, yeah. you know, all the Latin artists I got to meet and even the Vicky Cars and, you know, all the legends and... So that was fun. But we had a little parting the ways it happens in show business. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, what can you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't the, need to go into it. <laughs> and uh, I also noticed that you're a big fan of supporting local restaurants. And uh, even during this, this time, socially distanced when we needed to and with masks. And I follow yeah. you on social media. And, yeah. and I love... Well, first of all, I love the local theater groups. You know, yeah. I go to the Arst regularly. But it's people like Area State like mm -hmm. uh you know all the other theater groups there's a author here that i'm crazed for named juan c sanchez and we're working up a project uh, about the marielitos which is the story of six boys which has obsessed me that he has invented out of the situation that i explained to my passion for so that's very very exciting and i worked with the symphony and did their poor game best you know the south florida symphony and that was a thrill because you know, one of my first jobs in New York was uh, I was a production assistant uh, for Porgy and Bess, the one that won the Tony with the Houston Grand Opera. Oh, great. And Sherwin M. Goldman with Clamadale and Donnie Ray Albert. And I went to Europe. It was the first time I went to Paris to the Opera House. To, um, uh, was it the Opera House? No, we played, uh, what the hell did we play? Anyway, I went with Porgy and Bess and I was a press agent and I was a company manager. And, you know, you did whatever you had to do to be in the business. Right. But I love the local groups. As far as the restaurants and all that stuff, it happened. My friend David Sexton, who lives in Normandy Isle here in North Beach, um, uh, he's a big advocate for all of that. And they focused on 
particular restaurants and kept these restaurants alive and building tents for outdoor eating and the florist. And so it's really, it has, it has really helped these local, you know, people. Yeah. Yeah, it's and great. Um, uh, so that's really good. And a lot of these people have become my friends, my local bar, you know, my watering hole. I never had a local bar before like <laughs> cheers where they know your name when you walk in, you know right. what I mean? Well, I love it because it, again, it just underscores how incredibly generous you are. I mean, yes, you're hardworking, you're obviously talented and great with people and everything. You have a heart of gold too. I mean, really my students yeah. were so um, oh, taken by, you know, all that you shared and your authenticity and your well, passion. Well, one of the things so. that I said to the students, if you'll recall is, you know, uh, because of the connections you have, right. Um, uh, they're able to meet somebody like me. So let's not waste time with me expounding about myself or trying to lecture. Use me. Right. Ask me what you want to know. How can I be here today as a guest of Laura and, you know, the Frost School of Music? How can I help you do yeah. something? Ask yeah. me questions. Rape me. Take advantage <laughs> of me. Because otherwise, what's the point? Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to talk about myself. You can read plenty about me online. There's plenty of pictures. There's plenty of articles. And there's, you know, a lot of... Uh, uh, inconclusive wikipedia i don't even know who writes wikipedia <laughs> I know, right? like i didn't do one word of that like where did they get all that but anyway but the point is to be helpful and i said to them i challenged them i said don't let me leave this zoom call without asking me and then of course some of them had real questions your stage manager girl your they're worried they are worried about the future and you can't guarantee them anything but i right. can connect them and it's all about connecting the dots. And so I am going to spend a half hour with each one. I have all their names and their emails right here and their oh. phone numbers. And I made the list and I'm going to call them one at a time and just spend a half an hour. You know what I mean? And then a lot of times, you know, I want them to tell their parents they're talking to me so that people don't think they're getting like idiotic information. Right. But, you know, to find out if your parents are supportive of what you're doing. Are you a rebel? Did you take out the loan of your life to go to school here? All yeah. of these things matter and it matters that you pay attention because a lot is riding on this. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. And you know, Frost School of Music is no, you know, tiny event. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I know where the important schools are and yeah. I just reacquainted myself with Frost. As you know, I played with your bass player with Deborah, And so I saw the campus and the fountain and, you know, blah, 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 and ate in the food hall, you know, before the pandemic. And, the real experience. Yeah. <laughs> chicken wings. I liked them. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good chicken wing and a beer? Um, but it's really, really important. And so I've had my chance. Like my career is sort of in the rearview mirror. I can work as much or as little as I want. I'm 67 years old. And uh, uh, but now it's really time. I need to be the Jim Solari to these kids. You know what oh, I mean? The yeah. people. And just, you know, and nothing's going to stop them. There's no magic carpet ride. Do you know what I'm saying? But if I right. can inspire just somebody the problem is when you help somebody and then they don't know how to keep going and they keep yeah. checking in with you then it becomes a nuisance then it's no yeah. longer fun you know what i mean right and yeah. you haven't helped at all they've got to think on their feet you know what yeah. I mean? yeah and that's up to the rest of the faculty and people who are preparing them you know sure. for the world but uh you know i think it's great that they're being taught by professionals you know who have actually gone out there and done it you actually have world experience you know and uh and they're not all good experiences sometimes and that's important to the equation absolutely you know saying like absolutely. look what's going on with your union in new york with the health yeah. and pension and welfare and Terrible. you know we have so many friends in new york collectively all of us and yes. you know 48 percent of our our 
group has left New York. And what yeah. I mean by that is if you're a Pilates teacher, but you really want to be a Broadway dancer, if you're a violinist, but you're waiting tables at Joe Allen. So 48% of our tribe has left and some of them have snuck out in the middle of the night because they couldn't negotiate with their landlords. Right. And it's heart wrenching yeah. to see Kodama close. It's yeah. heart wrenching yeah. to see, you know, the hotels close. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm not a soothsayer and I'm plenty sad. I'm plenty sad, but yeah, you yeah. know, I particularly um, think of those kids in six, which was a new Broadway musical about to open. Yeah, yeah. And they were in their dressing rooms. Their opening night outfits were hung. The flowers were there. Their parents were in town. And they shut down Broadway at 5.30 on their opening night. Oh. And they were all Broadway debuts. I can't oh. even, my head explodes <laughs> oh. trying to comprehend this. Yeah, so sad. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I'm grateful, you know, at the position I have in life. But there are a lot of people that are not doing so great. And so we got to help them out. And thank God for the Actors Fund. And, yes. You know, which helps your union, my union, you know, all of that. But it's uh, it's very troubling, you know. Yes. And so people are getting, you know, somebody like Kristen Janowith, who works 28 hours a day, eight days a week, you know, she's not doing so good. You know, yeah. I mean, just like mentally of, you know, like, when does this end? You know, this girl's on concert too. She uses the planes from coast to coast, like it's a shuttle, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And I love her and I work with her and we just had a big success on Broadway together, but it's, uh, it's crazy. So, uh, you know, my career is still outside of Miami. I still travel the world, as you know. And, <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, but uh, we're not traveling. I haven't been on a plane since March. Well, actually since December when I came back from New York. Yeah. So yeah. after uh, Norm Lewis's Christmas show. So um, it's really weird. And I'm usually in the theater five nights a week watching stuff and crying. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. I'll tell you, the next time I sit in the theater, I don't know. They're going to have to like wheel me out because my heart will be, I'll probably have a heart attack. You know, it's like <laughs> all of us. I very think. emotional. And also yeah. anybody who loves music, who feels music, because, you know, there are some people that don't. Like I saw Drew McDonald recently with Seth Rodetsky. She did the concert series mm -hmm. and she would moved herself to tears a number of times on that Sunday night. And I was mm -hmm. crying with her because she hadn't connected the voice and words in a long time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. she kept choking up, you know, just like connecting and hearing. And even though you're doing it virtually and I just, I understood it. I yeah. just understood it. Yeah. yeah. When you Very get back emotional. in touch with your instrument. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be something and it will happen. We don't know when, but somehow. Yeah, it's it hard. So. And you know, the virtual thing is nice, but it gets, you know, and also too many virtual things going on. Like I have a zoom, you know, like a schedule of, you know, this is on at seven, that one's at eight, Billy stretches at nine. you know, it's a lot. It's a lot to be run into the television and getting the YouTube up and you know, the, so, and no matter how good or entertaining someone is, it's not the molecules, it's not the droplets that we're supposed to avoid. I want the droplets. I right. need the droplets back <laughs> in the environment. You know what I mean? Or yeah. the idea that, I mean, think about it. Think about Lion King reopening, right? And all those animals coming down the aisles with yeah. those people singing at full velocity with people on the aisles. Are they going to restage it? Like, yeah. these are yeah. all issues that have to be thought out. Absolutely. The air yeah. conditioning systems, the HVAC, the, you know, and I have friends who just did the Diana musical, you know, where yeah. they were in the bubble, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you probably have some friends also, but yeah. they were in, uh, you know, seclusion in Jersey while they rehearsed and then they went into the Long Acre and taped it. So that'll be interesting. It was a deal with Netflix. And so they were in a bubble and getting, you know, swabbed every day. And yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Well, this has been fantastic. I hate to stop us here, but this, all right. But do you have any more questions point. that I didn't get to? Because I know I talk a lot. You no, you yeah. you answered everything. I didn't Seriously? even have to ask. Seriously, look at that list. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I I am sure. No, there's plenty more I could ask you, but this is all right. Really when great. do you see your students next? Uh, in a couple of hours. Oh, great. So let them yeah. know that we yeah. spoke and that I am going to get to them because I think I promised them that I would do it last week, but okay. then last week got away from me. So now. Uh, Not a problem. Uh, you really have a heart of gold. Thank you so much for well, all your thank time. Thank you very much. I admire you for teaching. My dad always wanted me to be a teacher. I wasn't interested, yeah. but this is the way I'm trying to give back a little, but I really do believe like they're the future, you know what I mean? And you're at a fantastic school, you know what I mean? So, you know, yeah. hopefully I'll be there live soon. You know, that would, yeah. be, that would be my greatest pleasure. We look forward to that very much. All right. Thank, thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Good to see you. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.